Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and this is Nashville. Special Olympics Tennessee serves 18,000 athletes with over 200 events. The athletic competitions are skill-based with officials tracking records and personal bests. Outside of competing, the organization works to make sure children aged three and up, as well as adults, have opportunities to develop physical fitness, experience joy, and participate in sharing of gifts with friendship and family and other athletes, as well as the community. The organization's been advocating a powerful message that individuals with intellectual disabilities not only can, but will thrive when provided with opportunities. Joining us now for more are Brittany Meyer, a Special Olympic athlete, and Justin Bradford from Special Olympics Tennessee. Welcome to you both, Brittany and Justin. Thanks for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville. Thanks, Khalil. Appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Now, Brittany, I hear legend says that you have played several sports with Special Olympics. Yes, I have. Can you tell me some of the sports you've played? I played a lot of sports like basketball, swimming, bowling, um, a whole bunch of different activities. Yeah, that's a lot of sports. How do you maintain that, that busy schedule? Yes. You do it? You just do it? You just get up and play the sports, huh? Yes. Awesome. Now, I understand you started playing baseball with Special Olympics Tennessee when you were seven. Yes. Do you remember the team you played with? Um, I cannot remember. No? But did you have fun? Yes. Okay, so you also played sports in high school. Yes. What was your favorite? Volleyball. Volleyball. What was it about volleyball that you liked so much? Because I had a good spike on the ball. Good spike on the ball, huh? Mm-hmm. So nobody was returning it once you spiked it? Yes. Okay. That That's pretty awesome. What about basketball? Do you like basketball, too? I do. Yeah? What What's your favorite part about playing on a team? It feels amazing. Like, what about it? To be with your friends mm-hmm. and just, just have fun. Yeah. Does it matter if you win or lose? Does it matter? No. So, did you have some friends who were really, like, wanting to win? Yes. Yeah? And you were just out there having fun? Yes. That's really cool. Now, I heard you also play track and field. Yes, I used to do track and field. What events did you do? I did the 50-meter one. Uh-huh. And I did the long jump. Which one did you like the most? The long jump. Why? Because, um, because, um, I, because I have a good jumping quality. Okay. You can jump pretty far. Yes. And it's fun to jump in the sand, right? Yes. I, I enjoyed that. I did a long jump and high jump when I was playing track and field back in school. Now, you have quite a few medals on you right now. I do. So you are like one of the best out there, huh? Yes, sir. Yes. Oh, you don't have to call me, sir. You just <laughs> call me Khalil, but I appreciate it. What, what so much, how does it feel when you competed in an event, you trained for the event, mm-hmm. and then... It's time for you to stand on the podium when you get your medal. Do you remember how it felt when you got your first medal? It was awesome. Um, I got all-around gold in gymnastics. All-around gold in gymnastics? Yes. That means you're the best one out there. Yes. How did that feel? It feels wonderful. 
That's really cool. Now, you know, you have different coaches for the sports, right? Yes. Is there any coach that you really, really liked? There was one coach that was really, really sweet to me. Um, his name was Coach Strickland. Coach Strickland? Yes, in high school. What did he do that was so special? Um, because he um, he gave me the opportunity to play different sports and to be educated. Mm-hmm. Coach Strickland, many props to you out there, huh? He did. That's cool. That's cool. Now, now, Justin, tell us, how does Special Olympics Tennessee, how does that fit in with the Special Olympics World Games? So that, that's a great question because we have so many different events that are local, regional, state, national, and then world. <laughs> so our athletes, they're competing in their local area events because our states separate in different areas based on county. Then we have regional events, west, middle, east, just like everywhere else. Then we have state events, and from those state events, we have our national events that take place. Those are USA games every four years. And then worldwide, we have world games, a summer and a world games that take place every four years around the world. Most recently, we had the world games in Berlin, Mm -hmm. where we had two athletes from the state of Tennessee competing, one in swimming, uh, Halliday White, and Andrew Williams competed in golf. And the way that works is there's a, there's a process where athletes are basically put into a lottery system and say, hey, we could compete at this level and we can compete in this sport. And each state is provided so many number of athletes to be able to participate. But there's definitely that system that works its way up from local all the way to world level. Now, Brittany, do you plan to compete on the world stage in front of everybody in the world? I will try. I have a feeling you're going to do it. Looking at all those medals you have. We better get ready for you. <laughs> yes. Now, now, Justin, tell me, like, who are the athletes that you serve? We serve over 18,000 athletes in the state of Tennessee. Um, so that's metropolitan areas, rural areas, school-based, adult, um, everyone. And that's what Special Olympics is all about, is being inclusive and having an opportunity for everyone to feel like they're included, to be involved, to be able to compete, to be able to train, to be able to have health screenings that are provided for free. So there's so many different aspects of that and so many different disabilities that we actually do cover as well, too, to make sure everyone has an opportunity. Now, like... Anyone can participate, essentially, right? Right. So Special Olympics International, you have to be minimum age of eight uh, to be able to be eligible to compete. But we also offer a young athletes program that starts at age three. And that is a program that's offered from ages three to eight to allow athletes an opportunity with their peers. So it could be someone with or without an intellectual disability to be able to learn those basic skills of what it takes to become an athlete as well, too. But we, we see so many different intellectual disabilities that that we're able to to be able to serve. I mean, obviously, we see plenty with, that are on the spectrum with autism, Down syndrome, but also there are other disabilities we want to make sure people are aware of, like Appert syndrome, Williams syndrome, um, cerebral palsy. There are multiple disabilities that we cover, and that's one thing that we want to make sure in the education part of it is that not all disabilities are visible. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's so important as well, too, is that we want to be as inclusive as possible to make sure everyone has an opportunity to compete. Now, what are the... What, what sports does Special Olympics Tennessee offer? So we have 17 different sports okay. that, that we offer. I mean, Brittany's competed in multitudes of them as well, and she is the epitome of, of the athlete oath. Um, they take the athlete oath, which is let me be brave. Um, let me win. If I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. And that is absolutely awesome. And they are brave in the attempt in flag football, powerlifting, volleyball, swimming, track and field, bocce. 
Um, we are adding sports like soccer as well, too. There, there's so many different sports, and every state's different mm-hmm. in what they offer as well. So Special Mix International has multiple sports they offer. Each state and each area can also have different sports, too, depending on coach availability, athlete participation, uh, everything of that sort. Does Does Tennessee offer winter sports? Yes, we do. Um, and you'll be talking to someone that's competing in winter sports, Harlan Waltz, later. Uh, he's done multiple winter sports as well, but we have snowboarding, we have alpine skiing, short track speed skating as well. So it is really cool to go to Gatlinburg and see our athletes do something I know I can never do, uh-huh. <laughs> which is be on the slopes. Yes. <laughs> okay, Brittany, have you, you have any desire to do winter sports? Um, no. No, it's too cold, huh? Yes. I'm right there with you. (laughs) Summer sports only. I'm so happy that it's sunny today. I'll tell you that. Now, Justin, tell me, how'd you get involved with Special Olympics? So I've been in nonprofit for for a long time. I previously worked with the Nashville Symphony. I was on... um, uh, sports radio for 10 years covering the Nashville Predators. So I have a love for nonprofit, love for sports. I saw this posting come up for Director of Marketing Communications for Special Mix Tennessee, and I saw an opportunity to mesh my two loves, which is nonprofit and sports, and be able to serve our community. I, I love serving the community and working with something bigger than myself. Applied for that position, uh, interviewed, talked to the CEO, and became Special Mix Tennessee's first ever director of marketing. And so my mission was to be able to tell stories, share athlete stories, tell about the awesome things our athletes were doing. And that's why I feel like I got the job, is because I was going to be a good storyteller and be able to share the message. How do you feel? Not a lot of people get, not a lot of folks have employment that, you know, combines their passions and their loves. You're, You're kind of fortunate in that area. How's it feel? It feels amazing. I mean, it is, it's exhausting but it's rewarding and fulfilling. And and that's why when we have like a, a winter games where we're working three 14 hour days in a row, it's exhausting, but we come back and we realize how awesome that experience was. When I see the pictures and the videos mm. and seeing the amazing experience that not just our athletes had, but our volunteers, our coaches, people that give their time to make sure these events are amazing, to see that they had an awesome experience, that's fulfilling and rewarding to me. And that's why for our whole team at Special Mix Tennessee, we are always serving the mission, which is our athletes. What can we do to make these experiences absolutely amazing for our athletes? Brittany, would you say that your experiences have been amazing? Yes. Yeah. Now, I heard that you also bowled for a Special Olympics team. Yes. And your mom is a really big bowler, right? She is. And she, you both played on the same team. Yes. How did you like playing on the bowling team with your mom? Amazing. It feels wonderful. Yeah? Is she a good bowler? Who's the better bowler, you or her? I can't compare which one is the best, but um, my mom. Your mom's pretty good? Yes. Yeah, I think you're going to get her one day. That's how it goes. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now, a little while ago, you went to the state games. I believe that's where you probably won number one all over, all around gold in gymnastics, right? Yes. I went to Orlando, Florida um, for Special Olympics for gymnastics, and I got the all around gold, um, got the highest score. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am... Um, um, I, I just feel amazing. That's, that's, that's really cool. And congratulations to you. Did you feel nervous when it came time to compete before your first event? Did you feel nervous at all? No. No? You just felt calm. I just felt, I just felt really calm. Just went out there, do my best. And then I got all around gold. That's it. That's a good lesson for us all. Now, what about your teammates? Did any of your teammates get nervous? And if they do, how do you help calm them down to get them ready? 
Well, my teammates did get nervous, and I will tell them that do not be nervous. Just go out there, do your best, um, and just have fun. Yeah, that's a good teammate right there. Have fun and you winning medals, as you have many of them. Mm-hmm. Tell me, where do you keep your medals? Do you have a trophy case at home? I have um, a case that I keep my medals in. Yeah, pretty proud of it, huh? Yes. How does it feel when you look at your case with all your medals? It feels wonderful. That's awesome. Now, okay, you're 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 involved in Special Olympics right now, right? Yes. What sports are you playing there? Well, I do um, um, Fit for Life um, fitness program. Um, this is my fourth or fifth session, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. We talk about nutrition, staying healthy, and all that good stuff. Like re- remaining an athlete for throughout your entire lifetime, huh? Yes. How often do you go? Every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 7.30. Okay. That's a pretty regular schedule. Now, is it hard? Is it challenging for you? It is challenging, but it's a lot better. Um, it's actually a lot better to, to stay healthy. Yes. Yes, it is. So tell me, why do you stay up with it? Why do you meet that challenge every Wednesday? Because to help me get more stronger and um, just try to be healthy and drink plenty of water. Plenty of water. That's right. Now, tell me about the friends you've made from participating in Special Olympics. I made a lot of friends. They were wonderful. I got so many. I can't hardly count them. Yeah. But they're amazing. They're like family to me, and I love them. Do you hang out sometimes when you guys aren't competing? Yes, we do. Yeah, it's a good time, huh? Yes. It's something, a memory you'll have for the rest of your life, I bet. Yes. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Now, Justin, tell me this. How can students get involved in Special Olympic com- competitive sports? Like, what are the ways? I mean, there's so many different ways. I mean, we, like I said before, we have our, our area directors in certain areas. So Nashville has its own area. Wilson County has its own area. Sumner County has its own area. Williamson County, Cheatham County. And so we have on our website area directors that they can get in touch with as well. But also we have school programming as well through our Unified Champion Schools program. And these are programs that are are amazing because you think even just 10, 15 years ago, how different it was in our school system some in a lot of different areas where it was separate and you didn't have special mix athletes or people with an intellectual disability being able to fully be embraced by the other part of the school community. Now that's what it's about. It's about unifying them through activities, through sports, through different types of um, conventions and halls and leadership opportunities as well, too. So that's ways for schools to, to be involved, to be a part of our Unified Champion Schools program, because we're meshing people with an intellectual disability and people without and having full on opportunities together to just embrace a school, a school climate that embraces inclusion. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's so amazing to see it is that we have Cheatham County does a basketball game with a unified team playing the varsity team and they have a full pep rally for it where they're really doing. They have anti-bullying campaigns that are able to happen as well too. And this is throughout the entire state, throughout the entire country, throughout the world, part of the unified schools program as well. How do the unified schools compete against each other? Is there a league for them? So right now we do have a few sports that are with the Tennessee Secondary Schools Sports Association, the TSSAA that manages the varsity sports in the state of Tennessee. We have track and field, and we have um, bowling right now. Soon, hopefully, adding flag football as well, too. But in bowling and track and field, 
our athletes and unified partners are competing for a state championship through the TSSAA as part of a unified division. So at track and field state championships that take place at MTSU, while you have the varsity sports competing, our unified sports are competing as well in a stand that's full of people cheering them on. They're surrounded by the varsity athletes as well, too. Same thing for bowling that happened at Smyrna Bowling Center. The varsity athletes are competing and our unified teams are competing as well, too. So it's an atmosphere that is fully inclusive and not something that's separate of, oh, unified is just over here. No, everyone's together competing for a state championship. So we're seeing that continue to grow, that unified sports are truly being competitive and being considered a varsity sport. Are crowds showing up for these events? Oh, they're showing up. They're showing up. They're cheering out. They're going loud for it. And it is amazing because you see our, our unified partners, which are people that do not have an intellectual disability, are competing as hard as they can to make sure the team wins. It's all about the team atmosphere. It's not about individualism. It's about being a part of a team. I mean, Brittany's spoken about how important a team is and how awesome it is to be a part of a team. That's what unified sports are providing. It's providing our athletes that opportunity to be a part of a team. Uh, we have that also through Nashville Soccer Club. We have a unified team that all of MLS is doing. We're working with that with flag football as well, too, to have flag football be an actual league play, too. So that's what we're seeing now is, is unified sports continuing to grow. And we're seeing athletes come out. We're seeing unified partners. We're seeing volunteers. We're seeing huge crowds come out. And that's what's amazing is have that atmosphere. That's pretty cool. Now, Brittany, you said you met a lot of friends, a lot of former teammates. What do you do with your friends outside of playing sports? Outside playing, I'm outside playing sports. I like to hang out with them a lot, have fun, just enjoy each other's company. Yeah, that's what friends are supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. Now tell me, what do you want people, all the people who are listening right now, what do you want them to know about Special Olympics? I want, I want them to know that Special Olympics is amazing. It's for everybody. That, um, it's for everybody with Down syndrome and every single special needs they have. Um, it it's just amazing that all the sports they have. I just want them to know that. But I, I want everybody to enjoy them. To, uh, enjoy their times together. Have fun and do your best. That's right. Have fun and do your best at everything you do. Right. Yes. I hear that now. Justin, tell me, how can adults get involved with Special Olympic teams and competitions? Yeah, so we have activities. So Special Olympics, like we said, eight years old to whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's like the party end time. It, 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 there's no end date or end birthday uh, for Special Olympics. So if you're able to play, you can play. And that's what's really amazing is that if you're able to safely and healthily compete, you can compete. Um, that's on the athlete side. There's also ways for, for volunteers to be involved, but there's also ways for adults to be unified partners. So unified's not just in the schools. It's also unified partners we see a lot with bowling. Uh, we had USA Games, which Brittany has talked about as well, too, where you have unified partners that are, that are adults and not just schools that are doing unified. Flag football, we see adults being involved with unified partners and athletes as well, too. So... No matter what, it doesn't have to be school-based. People just need to contact an area director and to be a part of that area, and they can participate, whether that's you want to be a coach, a partner, a volunteer, a leader as well. We're always looking for new leaders in, in local areas, too, that there's so many ways for adults to be involved. Awesome. Now, Brittany, last question for you. Mm -hmm. What would you tell someone? Say someone is sitting at home, and they think they may want to join Special Olympics as an athlete, but they might be scared to try something new or they might be scared to do something new around new people and strangers. How would you encourage them? Well, um, um, if every single kid is nervous or scared to be in Special Olympics, don't be. Um, it's, it's all about friends getting together, do the, 
do, do your best in all the sports and I'm and just try to know how much um I'm just try to know that you're doing your best um always win a lot of medals and ribbons and all that good stuff just try not to be nervous and just go out there and do it yeah kind of face your fear take a chance do something and you never know what could happen right yes awesome well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show I really appreciate it thank you Yes, thank you. Brittany Meyer is a Special Olympics athlete. Again, thank you so much for being with us, Brittany. Oh, no problem. Yes, and Justin Bradford will join us later in the hour. But right now, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be joined by another Special Olympic athlete and a coach to hear about their quest for glory. Stay with us. This is Nashville. Colonna, and this is Nashville. We're talking about sports today, specifically Special Olympics. Now, before the break, we heard how Special Olympic athletes can get involved in sports teams and schools. Harlan Waltz is a ninth grader at Overton High School who's played on Special Olympics teams for bocce ball, track and field, and snowboarding. But that's not all. He is a multi-sport athlete, everyone. I'm happy to welcome Harlan and his former coach, Amy D'Angelo, to the show. Harlan, Coach Amy, thanks to both of you for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Now, Harlan, tell me, when did you first start playing sports? Uh, when I was seven years old, uh, my first ever sport was soccer. Soccer. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. It was a lot a whole of fun. Lot. Yeah, okay. I still play it. Yep. You still play it. How yep. many sports do you play at the moment? So in school, I play three sports. I play football, wrestling, and soccer. Okay. Football, wrestling, and soccer. All three of those happen in the same season. How do you keep up with that busy schedule, man? Well, they actually don't. Oh, really? They don't, they're not all in the same okay. season, so yeah. Okay, so you yeah. can make it happen. Yep. Do you have a favorite sport? Do I have a, fa a football? Football's your one. Yeah. What is it about football that makes you that you love? I don't know. I just really like it. I, I understand on the, your team and school, you're the kicker. Yep. How'd it go? How, how was your season this year? So I actually didn't play on the varsity, but I did play on JV. I had one one. I played in one JV game. I had two kickoffs. That was pretty good, though. A couple kickoffs. They, they give you a shot at a field goal. No, but I did a couple kickoffs. That's nice. Next yep. year, yep. I have a I have a feeling it's coming. Yep. Field goal attempts. Mm -hmm. So tell me about competing, playing all these sports. What do you like most about it? Um, just like. You make a lot of friends doing it. That's what I really like about it. Yeah. Do you? How much of a competitor are you? Do you really care if you win or lose? Um. If I lose, I just move it out the way. You know what I mean? You just move on? You just move on. That's how it goes in sports, you know? That's true, but that's interesting because some people are really, really set on winning. and when they, Yeah, me too. You know? Yeah. But when they don't win, you seem to be taking it in stride. There's a lot of people who could, you know, be sore losers, that term, you know? Yeah. Who are so focused on it. How do you maintain the calm? Do you feel like you've given everything you could 
during the game and how? Oh yeah, I I mean that's all you really can do. You just got to try your best, and, and that's how it goes. Yeah. Now you competed in Special Olympics Tennessee Winter Games. Yep, I sure did. What sure. sports did you compete in there? I just I did snowboarding for just Special Olympics in general, right? Yeah, in Winter Games. Yeah. In Winter Games. So I did snowboarding for winter games, and I did bocce, I did bowling, I did track. Wow. Now, I I heard that snowboarding it was your first time ever snowboarding, right? Oh, yeah, and then I, in 24 hours, it clicked, and then I just, I got a gold medal. Okay, time out, time out. The first time you went to try snowboarding was the day before the competition, then you won a gold medal? Yeah. That's pretty good, Had man. Had one day of practice. One day of practice? Yeah. Dude, that's that's really good. What were people saying about that? They were like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. How did that feel? Um, Pretty good. That's, I, I should imagine it does. Not many people are really good at something the first time they try it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what was your training like? Was it hard training for that day? It was a little bit hard at first because in snowboarding, you know, you got to keep the balance, mm-hmm. you know. But I feel like I had that balance, like, naturally because I'm an athlete, so yeah. Yeah, you can just do it. Were you nervous at all when you got up there? I, I was a little nervous, yeah, I was. How'd you calm yourself down? I just took a deep breath and then... Whew, just and then, go out there and do it. Yep. Okay, now, Miss D'Angelo was your coach. What did you like about having her as your your coach? Um, I don't know. She was, she was really good. She's very encouraging. Mm. That's important, huh? Mm-hmm. Somebody be to motivate you to do the things, but also show you the correct way of handling the sport, huh? Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a coach who wasn't as encouraging as Miss D'Angelo? As Coach D'Angelo? Uh, no, no, I've never really had coaches like that, though. No. Okay, so you got lucky. Yep. When I was younger, I had a bad coach who yelled at us all the time when we made mistakes. <laughs> we were a good team. It was like he wouldn't oh give gosh. us a break for winning. It was like, oh, man, but you lucked out. Now, now, Coach Amy, you're a special education teacher as well, right? Right. And you've been involved in Special Olympics Tennessee for 20 years. Tell me this. How did you become a special ed teacher? I just sort of fell into it. Um, my family, different people in my family were teachers, but not special educators. So when I went to college, that was just something that was of interest and started in 20, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. 30 plus years ago. And coming to Tennessee, coming to Croft is when I started teaching students with disabilities and on modified curriculum and in more of a class that would participate in Special Olympics. How did you get involved in Special Olympics? I had an amazing family that came from an elementary and they participated. So she sort of guided me into it. It's a lot of paperwork at first, hmm. so it's it can be daunting for someone new coming in. But then once that happens, it's so much fun and so easy to compete in all the different activities that they have. So I thank her for putting me on this track and it's been ever since. What do you enjoy the most about coaching? It's hard to put into words, but being there and seeing all the athletes that you know from other events or that you've taught in previous years, it's just like a big family. I know Brittany said that earlier, and she actually came from Croft. So I know Brittany from years ago, and it's just so much fun to see the excitement and 
just the effort that everyone puts into it, both athletes and volunteers. It's mm. just a really great opportunity to see such joy all the time. What sports do you coach now? So we did bowling through the school, um, bowling, and then we're doing track and field next. Okay. Okay. Harlan, you had something you want to say? Yeah. So I did uh, basketball one one year for school. I was just going to say that. Okay. Yeah, I did one year of basketball. What position did you play? I played point guard. Point guard? Yeah. You're running the team. Mm-hmm. How'd you guys do? Uh, We did okay. Yeah. But... Yeah. Another year. Another more yeah. training. Yeah. Now, uh, tell me this. You know, Coach Amy, the kids are out there. They're having fun. But how do you coach the kids on being competitive? Like competitive the right way. So Harlan is our star athlete. He is competitive just because he is. That's who he is. We have a lot of students that want to go out there and have fun, which is really what we're looking for. There, It's serious business, mm-hmm. so it's a sport. It's not that it's just go out there and do whatever you want. So we have to train our athletes. We have a unified bocce team. So we have Special Olympic athletes as well as their unified partners. And we have a book of rules, so we have to practice. And we go out there and we play the sport, just competing against each other before we go out to the state games. And they like to see the progress, both sets, Mm -hmm. the athletes and our unified partners. So it's not that we have to really put forth that competitive spirit that's just there, but it's it's about fun. Mm -hmm. Harlan, how does it feel like when you're on the bocce team? When you and your other teammates get better at bocce, how does it feel to see someone really get pretty good at it? Um, just, you know, congrats to them and saying congratulations, you know. Yeah. yeah you played on Special Olympic-specific teams, and you're also on a few school teams. Yep. Do, do you think that playing on the Special Olympics teams kind of prepared you to be on the school teams? Uh, no. So at first I did the... The school teams. Okay. Before I did Special Olympics. Okay. So, what's your preference? Preference? Hmm. I like both. You enjoy both of them? Yeah. What would you tell about other kids about, you know, what it's like to compete on a Special Olympics team? Like ones who haven't done it before? Yeah. Anybody who's nervous, who thinks they may want to, but they're a little scared. Just do it. You know? Yeah. Just go out there and do it. Yeah. And have fun. Yeah. Yeah, even if they're not a multi-sport athlete like yourself. Just, yep, just give it a try. That's right. Now, you participated in some of the health screenings that are offered at the Special Olympics, right? Uh, Yeah, I did. What what are those like? It's like, uh, like, they do about, like, hygiene, and they do a little bit of fitness and all that. That's what they did at the Winter Games, Mm -hmm. that thing. It's really important to teach you about hygiene because locker rooms can be pretty stinky. Oh, yeah. Man. For sure. You never remember that. (laughs) You never forget that, right? Yep. Now, Coach Amy, (laughs) tell me a little bit about the state summer games. They're hosted at Lipscomb University, Mm -hmm. right? When you tell me about that experience, like when you're there and the students are competing. Well, it starts on Friday night and they have opening ceremonies. So it is with all of the athletes. We have banners and we walk out on the parade. We have all of our spectators cheering us on, and everyone sits down on the floor. We listen to some speakers, get all psyched up for the games, and then go and stay overnight. 
and we're in the dorms, wake up the next morning and we start the competition. Okay. So they're all ready to go. And it's just, it's really fun because it's an atmosphere that they don't actually get to do normally. Mm-hmm. So they're staying overnight and being a part of the whole games. And then we compete all day. That night there's a dance and then we say our goodbyes. That's really a fun weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then they get their own little Olympic Village experience as well. They do. Now, one of your children, I believe it's your daughter, mm-hmm. she competes on a unified team as a unified partner, right? Yes. Okay, so as a mom watching, tell me, how do you feel about that? And what has she told you about her experience playing on the squad? She started maybe six years ago with one of my students that she bonded with. And they went, I was the coach. It was really sweet to see that friendship blossom from that. And they're still friends to this day. Um, This past year, they were partnered and it was with Harlan and one of his friends as well. I'm really proud to have her be a part of my world and really appreciate everything about it and want to continue to do it. She wants to be one of the track unified athletes this year. So, yeah. That's really awesome. Harland, you know, have you made like a really deep, meaningful friendship from all of your athletic experiences? Uh, yeah, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's special about it to you? Um, just supporting my friends and all that, especially especially like if you're a senior, I really like to support seniors a whole lot. Yeah, that play sports. Yeah, people get their their moment in the last home game. Yeah, you know, like if you're it could se- be the last it could be the last game of their life if you think about it. Even for me, I mean, if I don't play sports in college, you know what I mean, it could be my last game of my life. Yeah, playing as a senior, are are you? I mean, you're just a freshman. Yeah, you got a few. You, years away but are yeah. you looking forward to that moment uh playing sports in college well just your your last game in high school yeah it'll be really fun now, now tell me this when i when i played sports in high school it would be seniors and senior night as a freshman or a sophomore i played a little bit harder so the seniors could go out on top with a win do you do, you do the same thing a little bit uh i want to try to do that yeah. yeah yeah it's good to send them off in that good way now now, Coach Amy, you know, tell me this. What do you want other parents or teachers who aren't familiar with Special Olympics teams and competitions, what do you want them to know? Just that giving some of your time to Special Olympics, being a volunteer, being a coach, gives you such an experience that you'll never get anywhere else. And so I would love for everybody to do one of the events and just kind of join us and see what it's all about because you fall in love with the athletes, their excitement, their joy. Everything about Special Olympics is so positive that it's an experience you won't forget. Mm. Harlan, would you want to be a coach or a volunteer for other Special Olympic athletes in the future? Maybe. And also, like, I would really want to be possibly a football coach one day. Okay. A football coach. I like that. I'm going to keep my eyes out (laughs) for you. Yeah. Speaking about football... We're going into next season. How do you think the Titans are going to do? I'm not sure. I just really want them to do better. I really want a Super Bowl. That would be so exciting. That would be very exciting. Do you know what the whole city of Nashville would do if the Titans won a Super Bowl? It would be crazy. It would be crazy, but right now, 
Sorry to bust your bubble. We're going to have to keep that in the imagination because the Titans are yeah. far, far away from that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but one day. We can hope, right? Yep. Well, maybe if they get good coaches and good players like you with that competitive spirit, we can see that happen. Yep. Awesome. Harlan Waltz is a Special Olympics athlete and student at Overton High School. He's joined by his former coach, Amy D'Angelo, who is also a special education teacher at Croft Middle School and has been with Special Olympics Tennessee for 20 years. Harlan, Coach Amy, thank you both so much for being with us. Really had fun. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's take one more quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking about the health and fitness programs Special Olympics Tennessee offers to athletes outside of sports competitions. You can always join the conversation by tweeting us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Khalil Colonna, and this is Nashville. Special Olympics Tennessee provides sports training, competition for athletes, but the organization also seeks to make sure every athlete has what they need to be fully healthy. The Health Athlete Screening Program, developed through a partnership with LifePoint Health, makes sure that athletes receive seven different kinds of screening and care, including eye and hearing exams, physical exams, dental care, podiatry support, as well as others. They have also have programs that teach emotional wellness, like the program called Fit Life, which we heard about before the break. Now, joining us now to share more is Dr. Chris Frost, Chief Medical Officer at LifePoint Health, who has been very involved with Special Olympics for four years. Dr. Frost, welcome to This is Nashville. Well, thank you very much, Khalil. Nice to be here. Really great to have you here. I'm glad the highways were agreeable as well to make sure you got here to be with us. Now, tell us about Healthy Athletes program. Like, it's this screening program and the Fit for Life program. How did they get started? So, the the screening programs were uh, started to help evaluate athletes and make sure they were healthy enough to participate in the uh, at athletic events. So that was one of their uh, primary purposes. With that said, it's it's actually evolved. So in addition to evaluating for uh, preparation for athletic events, it's been incredibly useful for di- for identifying potential diagnoses that have ramifications way beyond participation in athletic events. Uh, when we look back at 2023 and we look at uh, our various screening events, Khalil, and then uh, identify those, well, let me back up. For example, the last MedFest event we did there at the uh, Health Support Center uh, at LifePoint, we identified three potentially serious cardiovascular conditions uh, during the screening event that we were then able to refer those athletes for further cardiac evaluation. So that screening event started Mm -hmm. as it relates to uh, preparing for athletic events and then evolved to really being incredibly valuable for the athletes to identify events that could have impact on their overall health. That's the screening. The Fit for Life started because the uh, Special Olympics Tennessee team recognized that screening is a great start, but also recognizing that to really impact their health, you needed to move upstream of the screening process to address some of the foundational elements of health, to include 
fitness, nutrition, as well as you referenced this just a moment ago, uh, mental wellness. So the Fit for Life program started as a collaboration between a physical therapist and a strength and conditioning um, coach. They started a, a program to improve the health and fitness with Khalil. They started with 15 athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, you're not going to believe this, in less than two years, they've grown it to 14 uh, sites, 14 programs with over 120 athletes. Wow. It's done, a, it's done across the entire state. That's really cool. Now, are the screenings free? The screenings are free, yes. Any any type of uh, event or activity uh, associated with Special Olympics Tennessee is free to the athletes, yes. Okay, so the screening happens and they're entering into the Fit for Life program. Are there other resources that are provided for family members or caregivers at the screenings to just get them information on what's happening? Yeah, no, that's great. So there's, there's plenty of information uh, provided, both uh, as it relates to, of course, the activities of Special Olympics Tennessee. And you made reference uh, to this. Uh, it's, it's way beyond the athletic events. Uh, there's, there's material and information as it relates to healthy living, as well as screening events for, you said, a great dental, hearing, vision, general physical, like blood pressure and weight, mental wellness, and uh, you're up to speed, the recent addition of podiatry. But as far as engagement with the caregivers, all of the athletes are registered uh, through the Special Olympics Tennessee database, and that includes caregiver, caregiver contact information. They are our primary liaison, uh, second only in importance to our uh, athletes themselves. And there's always an open uh, line of communication between the caregivers and what we call area directors. And I think of the area directors as the coach's coach. So Mm -hmm. you have an area director that has several coaches report up to, so to speak, uh, him or her to oversee all the athletic events. And uh, the caregivers also have access to our regional directors, as well as uh, anyone in our state um, uh, uh, state office. Here's what's amazing. I mean, when I when I go to these uh, events, such as the health screenings, we recently hosted a MedFest um, there at um, uh, LifePoint. I think I just made uh, reference to that. When I when I saw the volunteers, as well as the uh, uh, the the staff members of Special Olympics, I mean. Anytime they're interacting with the caregivers, it's like old home week. They become personal friends. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved with Special Olympics Tennessee? Yeah. So I'll take a step back. So my, my medical training is that of uh, internal medicine and pediatrics. It's a four-year residency. Um, and at the end of that, and you, you get cross-trained in both internal medicine as well as pediatrics. So at the end of that program, Khalil, you're eligible to sit for the boards and be a full-fledged internist, internal medicine doctor, as well as um, a pediatrician. So we have the privilege of taking care of patients literally from cradle to the uh, end of life. Mm -hmm. During that time, I had the chance to be a uh, camp doctor for uh, a camp that specialized or catered to uh, uh, children with intellectual and developmental uh, disabilities, the IDD, IDD population. Uh, that, that was one of the greatest experiences and actually replicated it a couple of times during residency, during my residency. Um, 
And then fast forward about 15 years later in 2020, LifePoint Health and Special Olympics established a partnership to care for the athletes in uh, Tennessee. And I, David Dill, our CEO, and Adam Germick, the uh, president and CEO of Special Olympics Tennessee, uh, finished their comments. I literally followed David and um, Adam into the hallway and said, gentlemen, I'd really like to get involved in this. Mm-hmm. How, how can I participate? And uh, David said, okay, you'll be our primary life point liaison. Uh, so significant degree of volunteerism. I had the chance to work with a great team during the COVID uh, pandemic as it relates to taking care of our athletes as well as gauging when it was a return to activity, uh, when it was, we were ready to return to activity. And it culminated in the uh, privilege of uh, serving on the Special Olympics Tennessee board. Uh, It's been fantastic. Thank you. Now, given your experience, why do Special Olympic athletes or others with intellectual disabilities sometimes have trouble accessing the health care that they need? Man, that is a great question. Um, So frequently, uh, the athletes with intellectual, uh, uh, intellectual and developmental disabilities, they they don't have just an isolated issue in the IDD realm. They have other conditions, we, we, uh, other health considerations, uh, such as heart disease, lung disease, diabetes, as well as several others. So it can become really challenging getting access to all the different specialists and components of care. Uh, it, Khalil, it, it could be challenging for you and I to navigate the healthcare uh, system, but uh, a, a patient that has frequently three or four conditions that require three or four various uh, specialists, that can, be, that can be a challenge. Now, mm-hmm. in addition to that, several of our athletes, uh, because it's important that we serve all of uh, Tennessee, uh, are in rural and non-urban settings. Where where access to those specialists are are even more more scarce. Mm-hmm. Finally, one other component that's worth uh, uh, referencing: all of the things I referenced just uh, uh, a moment or two ago are can be complicated. So there's a component of health literacy, un- being able to understand the basics and the advanced uh, components of these various uh, conditions. So that can be really that can add to the complicating factors as it relates to navigating and understanding all that can and should and needs to be done for our athletes. It's such a good question. Now, Special Olympics Tennessee has over 10,000 volunteers each year, and they are in the need for more. Justin Bradford with Special Olympics Tennessee is still with us. Now, Justin, tell me this. What kind of volunteers do does Special Olympics Tennessee most need? Yes, all of them. (laughs) What's what's great about Special Olympics and everything we offer is we have so many opportunities for people that maybe they just want to help with setting up an event. You want to help with registration, being a greeter, working our merch booths. But then we also have volunteer opportunities for people that have special skills. It could be in a healthy athlete screening. It could be in officiating a sport. It could be in coaching a sport. It could be in event management. There are so many opportunities out there for volunteers that we can take you. If you have a company that wants to do a group activity, 
activity for volunteering, we can do that. If you have a special skill set, whether it's in health or in athletics or anything of that sort, we can also utilize your skill set as well, too. So that's what's so unique about Special Olympics is that whatever you want to do, we can find a place for you if you want to volunteer. Where can they go to get that information? SpecialOlympicsTN.org, and you can just click the volunteer link right there, and you can sign up and get more information for it. I only have a couple minutes left, but you all have a lot on the horizon. There's two fundraising events coming up in Nissan Stadium this Saturday, February 24th. The Polar Plunge is happening. And then there's a flag football event in March. Can you briefly tell me about the plunge and the football event? Absolutely. Music City Polar Plunge is happening this weekend at Nissan Stadium Lot R. We so far have about 200, sorry, 390 people participating. We're just about to our goal. We're close to $100,000. Our goal is $120,000. People can still sign up to participate in that even day of. Take the plunge. I know I've taken it with Dr. Frost here as well. Our theme this year for the staff and board is ducks. Uh, and then March okay. 17th, <laughs> we have our flag football tournaments and adult flag football tournament music city blitz taking place on the field at nissan stadium so we're looking for teams to fill that it's a fundraising tournament so you get to play flag football all day at nissan stadium and compete against other teams across the area and khalil you're invited to both of those all right (laughs) thank you very much i might do it i'm about to say dr frost you have like the perfect name for the polar plunge Uh, it wasn't a problem for you huh? i've heard that one before (laughs) yes all right so this i have just under a minute left but chris let me ask you this yes how has being involved with Special Olympics Tennessee and the athletes, how's that made a difference in your life? You shared a little bit with us before, but give us some closing thoughts. You know, uh, thank you. It, it has been fantastic. You know what? I, I know it's it's been life-changing. The uh, warmth, compassion, quite frankly, uh, love that uh, emanates from the uh, athletes and their family is just uh, so palpable no matter what event you're at. It, you truly, truly get way more than you will ever give. Life-changing. Thanks for asking. Dr. Chris Frost is on the Executive Committee of Special Olympics Tennessee Board of Directors. And Justin Bradford is the Director of Marketing and Communications of Special Olympics Tennessee. I want to thank you both for being with us today. Really appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you. And thanks to you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by Catherine Ceces. It was directed by Tasha A. F. Limley. Our board operator is Liv Lombardi. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. You can listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Find us on Instagram. Tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. We do look at it, so fill it out. And this is Nashville. I'm Khalil A. Colonna. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And be good to each other.